Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. That's 800-882-2093. One. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radio Law Talk. Dot com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks, Todd Cunin, and our producer, Cal Hunter. We're so excited to be back after we uh, do the best of during the wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. We had to have a break. We have been doing this for almost five years, and uh, we needed a break to be with the family, but we love being back. We're excited to be back. Uh, there's a lot to talk about today. Um, if you want to call in, it's 855-LAW-RADIO. Again, 855-529-7234. And uh, we've got uh, a little bit of a gloomy, uh, overcast day today in the West Coast, but uh, uh, beautiful in that uh, the fall colors are still hanging around, and we, we just love this time of year. We're going to talk about the Maxwell case. You, you just can't... You just can't not talk about that. And we're going to discuss it from uh, an attorney's perspective. Again, Denise Dirks, a family law attorney. I'm a personal injury lawyer. Uh, and uh, we got Todd Keenan, a former prosecutor for the DA's office, and now handles uh, uh, representing criminal uh, people who have been allegedly charged of criminal acts. Allegedly. Allegedly, especially yours, the, right? The, the presumption of innocence is alive and well in this country. That's exactly right. <laughs> so he, it's been great because he's got a wonderful perspective on a lot of these cases, having uh, done both sides, handled both sides of the law. And we're going to talk about Elizabeth Holmes uh, and then the Rush shooting case. Yes, we, we have to talk about that and the legal ramifications. Right now, though, everyone's like, oh, what's going on uh, with litigation and the law? And right now it's just a civil case. There's no criminal charges at this time. So uh, we'll discuss that. Um, Bill Cosby's latest legal issues. And Todd is definitely going to step in and talk about uh, – and again – Radio Law Talk, we love it. We have our shirts that say we are. Uh, when you're tired of politics radio, tune in to Radio Law Talk because we're politically neutral. But we're going to be on the edge a little bit on that one about uh, about the you know prosecutors and what they're trying to do. And it's not an issue. That one is not really – we're not going to discuss the issue of what the true facts are of the case and whether he's guilty or not. That's not even the issue yeah. that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, – uh, 
What, what? What? Go ahead, Todd. What? It's, it's all. It's, it's all, all about prosecutorial integrity. What does it mean when you make a deal? What guarantees there are? And and, and I should say that it's somewhat anomalous. I don't think this happens too often, but. And we'll talk about when it happens. Right. It, it's just uh, – it's kind it's, of a head-scratcher. Yeah, it's a head-scratcher. And then uh, we're going to talk about a, a very, very sad case of a wrongful conviction of the individual that finally gets out. We're going to discuss that. Uh, the Christmas parade attack, the legal issues behind that. And you know what? We've got Brittany. And then <laughs> I know I'm not – this is just – it's like you know when you drive and there's a wreck on the side of the road. You don't want to look at it. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Oh, I looked. Well, that's what's going to happen with the Jesse Smollett case. We're going to briefly talk about that. Just I, I thought the thing was over. <laughs> it just seems like it just keeps coming up and up. But we're going to discuss that. There's a lot of it's like big, the Energizer Bunny of cases. It's just I know, going and I going know. and going. But isn't that true, Denise? We're kind of. It seems like um, all these cases are now these big high profile trials are now coming. To fruition, I think, and it's because of COVID, right? What happens, things were just put off a lot for COVID, and now everything is just being accelerated. In fact, our law firm, we are currently, right now, we finished a trial, um, and we do personal injury in California. We just finished a trial not too long ago. We just, uh, a jury's right now, as of uh, yesterday, uh, our case went to the jury, and they are deciding... uh, probably the beginning of next week, what's going on? And then we start another one Monday. And it's just back to back to back to back. And why am I bringing that up? It's because, and this is, and you guys know this, in, in, when you're an attorney, you usually do what's called trailing or, or it takes time. First time up, you're never going, right? The next time up you do, and it's because most of these cases are three, four, five times up, and they've got to get these cases out and finished because they're coming up on five years, some of these cases. Yeah. So so we are, our law firm, and I'm sure another other firms are, are starting to back up and, and go, and these trials are just starting to just to go forward. And that's what's happening with a lot of these cases, too. They're all starting to come to fruition right. because it's time. It's time, you know. No, and it's interesting how things, and we're going to discuss that when we come back um, after the break. We're going to discuss, uh, after a case or no case, what, what kind of happens in a courtroom. I want to tell you and make you let you feel what it's like in a covid courtroom and <laughs> th- it is the most interesting thing and anomaly that we're in the middle right now not on either side of it in the middle and the courts are in the state and the federal courts trying to figure out how to work this how to work the, these these um you know these uh, uh courthouses were not built for a COVID case, right? They're set up so everybody sits in one spot. You know, they're not set up to to be socially distanced. So I think the new courtrooms of the future are going to be completely different. And uh, but right now, it's a it's it's I don't want to say the word cluster, but it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like you're you're doing a it, it, right, isn't it? It's like it's like you're <laughs> I trying know the to, word you're thinking of, Fred. Yes, it is crazy the way yeah. it's the first. In one case, it was the first time I've ever seen a trial done in the round. You know, you go to those concerts and and there's seating in front and on the sides, and some yep. of the big venues are seating around behind the band. You can see a full three sixty. Uh, yeah, I had a colleague of mine do a trial about two months ago, and that's what it was like. Okay. Sure, sitting behind and to the right and to the left. It was weird. And I had to testify in a trial at the end of last year. You guys know that. And um, it was like when you walked in as a witness, you're walking through all these people that are completely surrounding you. 
um, and you have to walk past them. You're not six feet apart, but they are. Right. And you walk up to the to the witness stand, and and you've got plas- plastic, uh, you know, like like glass all the way around you, and the judge is protected from you, and the witnesses or the jury's like literally right over on your right hand side, and it's and some just, to your left and some behind, right? Behind, yeah. not not, but, not, but to yeah, the because side. I was against the wall, and the judge and I were against the wall, if you will. But all around me, all around the rest of me, and it was really, it was a little intense. And the worst part is we're all wearing masks, and as we're wearing masks, you can't really hear. So you can't hear the questions. You can't, and unless they really speak into the microphone, right, you can't hear it. You, you can't get nuances like you would if you were testifying and could see somebody's face. You kind of get maybe some nuances or what they're looking for. So it's really it's it's even intense as a witness, not just as a juror, not just as a judge, not just as attorneys, but even as a witness, it's intense. And Denise, kudos to you. Everyone's thinking, why is she? She's testified as an expert. They brought her in as an expert, right? As one that understood and knew the case law or the the law the laws on those issues. That was a different case. That was the one oh, out of Colorado. Was okay, that was another so, one. So yeah, but this one was here. Um, okay. and it was actually because I had represented somebody who was a okay. victim. Oh gotcha. Yeah. But uh, but Denise does is pulled in sometime as an expert because she's been doing family law for boy forever, huh Denise. Don't you don't have to say don't have to say no. a long time. On Tuesday? Yeah. Wait. Oh she's so Oh my gosh, that many years yes. She's you fine. look a lot younger than that. Six years? Six, six years? Uh, she's holding up threes on either three finger. Either finger. Six, That's six years? Six years? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm proud of Denise. Right. I am pr- We There's so many people that get called for jury duty, and they, they always oh, try to get out of it. They try to get out of it. And, and I know that Denise had jury duty, had to report the Monday before Thanksgiving, and the trial happened to be a colleague of mine who was doing a trial. And you made it into the box, but you didn't do the whole, I know his colleague, Todd, I want out of jury duty. You stayed in through jury selection, right? Yeah, it was the only week that I really had taken off that I could do jury duty. I wanted to do my civic duty. And you know who bumped me? The the prosecution. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't like when I answered that I think that defendants have the presumption of innocence. Oh, we're going to be back after this and we're going to talk, do a case or no case and then get into the Maxwell case. We'll be right back. Great. Thanks. And coming up next, there is more Radio Law Talk right here on your favorite radio station and always yeah, streaming live at radiolawtalk.com. We'll be right back. Hold on. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell in your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick Quack quick, quick, car, car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the Quick Quack Confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the Quick Quack Habit. Take a car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like Quick Quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, Quick Quack Car Wash. 
So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drop that dirty car. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're biz to credit a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal, and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. Call now. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. No fun. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Yeah, we're having a good time here. Appreciate you guys joining us. Call us at 855 Law Radio. Tweet us at Radio Law Talk. We really check our Instagram um, at uh, Radio Law Talk. You can just go directly to our Instagram. But why people like to come to Radio Law Talk every single hour. We do a thing called Case or No Case where Cal Hunter, our producer, tries to stump us one way or the other. And how he tries to stump us, he will give us a case scenario. 
In that case scenario, is either going to be a fake case or a real case. And then what we as lawyers have to do is determine the outcome of the case. And we get points for that. And you can call in at the 855-529-7234 and tell us your opinion. Or you can tweet it or text it to us at uh, info or email us at, at radiolawtalk.com. But, Cal, roll that thing what everybody's here Now for. it's time to play Case or No Case. All right, here we go. <laughs> case or No Case. We- Turn your mic up a touch, Cal. Yeah, Just a all touch. right. We all have probably heard of Byron Allen. Byron Allen used to be an on-air talent, and now he is a big-time media entrepreneur. He has a big uh, a network with a bunch of little sub-networks like the Weather Channel. So he got his sales team together to go make a sales pitch to... McDonald's. They wanted to get the burger giant on the Weather Channel. And the pitch was unsuccessful. McDonald's, as they say, went another direction. The frustrated Byron Allen, he said it was because he is black. Yes, he said McDonald's did not buy the Weather Channel because the Weather Channel was black owned. And he called his lawyer saying, they are discriminating against me with their ad dollar purchase. Is this a case or no case? And Denise, it's your turn to go first. That's, oh, it is, is it? Well, yeah, and that's my setup for case or no case. What do you think? What do I think? I think there's not enough facts, so I might need a little more. <laughs> okay, tell me what else you want to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he was trying to sell the Weather Channel to McDonald's, or he's trying to sell ads? Sell ads, ad space, yes. Okay. Which is a big deal for uh, an organization like that, because these guys are usually made annually, and so you know they can count on the project the amount of money coming in. It's a big deal, yeah. And so he's seeing he went to his lawyer to find out whether or not he's got a case because uh, McDonald's did not pick an ad or buy an ad with him. And his agency is a black owned company. Right. And he claimed McDonald's has a history of discrimination, all over, you know, with uh, franchisees, with you know all kinds of stuff. He kind of really well, his attorneys really got into the allegations of discrimination against McDonald's. So that was part of it. Okay, I have to say that this is no case. Okay. And there's a reason I'm saying that, but okay. I'm not going to say it right now till my brethren has um, weighed in. <laughs> nice. This but is Penny, strategic on her part, then. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm suspecting that's the case. Mr. Oh. Penny, what say you? Case or no case? It's a case and it's settled on the court. You think so? All right. Uh, and Mr. Cunin, what say you as to whether this would be a case? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so if, if if Fred says it's a case and settles out of court, then that means it's a case and plaintiff wins. Because if there was no settlement, that would be the defense wins, right? The defendant wins. So uh, I, I, I think this is a case. And I think the reason you picked this one is because there's something about it that was a springboard to other issues that were ultimately brought to light. And because you have given us so few facts that this has to be a case because you know that if you had given us a scintilla – Four dollar word, by the way. Nice word. Scintilla of additional evidence, we would clearly have known had known that it was a case. So you're trying to fool us. Denise took the bait. Hook, line, and sinker. Uh, And I'm going to say it is a case, and plaintiff wins something. (laughs) <laughs> which would also fall under the umbrella of settled. But yes. <laughs> that is the longest way yeah, around saying nothing. 
case of... A lot of hot air. Yeah, well, hey. How quick was my answer, Denise? Yours was great. Yeah. I thought mine was fairly quick, too. If we were on the freeway, our navigation system would say, make a U-turn. <laughs> <laughs> Darn straight. Darn straight. Okay. Denise has got a comment, I though. do have a comment. Okay. Oh, yeah. Why did you make your selection, Matt? Well, I think I would have agreed with it and thought it was a case if it was um, Wendy's and not McDonald's. Really? Good, good point. And but, by the way, I know this case. And it is a case, by the way. I have followed this case. Go ahead, Cal. Okay. Well, that hardly oh, oh. seems fair. Should have recused himself. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in this game. So those of you who say this was a case, that would be Fred and Todd. And Denise said no. Well, the answer is case dismissed. Yeah. Oh, they dismissed it. Yeah. I thought it settled out of court. One point for each of you. So McDonald's wins for now. The federal court judge in California dismissed Byron Allen's lawsuit, said he did not give them enough information. McDonald says, well, if they want to bring more information in, we'll be glad to discuss it at that time. We don't discriminate in our buys. We do what we think is beneficial to our client. And by the way, we didn't have a contractual relationship where they came in to made the pitch. We only have a contract when we sign a contract. And, and Byron Allen was kind of treating it as though the fact that they made a pitch meant they had a sub-agreement in place. You know, well, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. going to lose that case. Just uh, so you know. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that McDonald's is pretty smart and follows all the proper protocols. And, yes. So uh, it was that whole non-contractual relationship, Todd, that attracted me to this case. I thought that's an interesting take, I thought. That was awesome. That was an interesting case that was coming down the pike that uh, I don't remember that that's what the settlement was. I mean, that, that's what happened. That's great. You know yeah. why? It just happened Tuesday. Ooh, right off the headlines. That's why I didn't know. off the headlines. And so, wait, but wait. Next time on Case or No Case, we're going to talk about Trivial Pursuit. Ooh. That's coming up next hour on Case or No Case right here. Right here. And Todd said, wait a minute. That's the trivial percent. Look, I thought we agreed not to talk about my dating life. Come on. Hey, well, what's going on here? So that, folks, trivial is Trivial Pursuit. Case. Uh, Denise, what's our point? Is he, did he no, just win? No, won, he won last time. I won last time. So we're starting all over. So, we're, all yes. we're all zeroed out. That's true because we all owe yes. each other a dinner. Yes. The first person to 50 points wins a dinner from the other host. And guess what? Where I won one, Denise had won, and Todd has not taken us to dinner yet. So now Todd won, so now we just wipe it out. That's right. We're all equal footing. And you guys have both won each. One point each. Speaking of one each, we should maybe talk about Jeffrey Epstein and Maxwell when we come back because uh, that's going to be in some interesting stuff. We're going to spend some time on that and uh, give you kind of what we think as a lawyer. A little bit of lawyer perspective. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, 
injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump. Call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Copays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. Boys are weird. Who told you that? Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. Back to the greatest kitty bump show in the United States. Uh, you know, this Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, suppo- supposedly. Um, those, you know, conspiracy theorists, some say that he didn't, that he might have been off. But I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that's one way or the other what happened. But uh, we, I never say Glacine Maxwell, but is it Glass? Glass- you don't say the GH. You just say Glacine. Oh, okay. All right. Well, however, but Miss Maxwell was supposedly his right-hand person, Right. And the allegations after, because he was already convicted of, um, what was the official, uh, back in 2009, was it? Um, oh, it was, uh, they were. Um, it, it, improper acts with uh, women, uh, underage women. Yeah. And, and, and he had, he, he, and he didn't even go to jail. He just had, what, 15 years, 15, a year and a half probation, whatever. Whatever that is, I'm just he jumping got to, He got to. Be out and work right. and then have to do like yeah, community at home, whatever. Yeah. So then he, it moves on that this gal uh, by the name of Miss Maxwell is his right hand person. And uh, the issue is, did she facilitate um, again during the time period that he was being prosecuted? He was in jail waiting to be prosecuted for all types of uh, heinous allegations of sexual misconduct with minors and other uh, women. Um he passed away, and uh, so now they're going after Miss Maxwell, his assistant <clears throat> and supposed girlfriend, uh, supposed you know right hand person that uh, the prosecutor is arguing facilitate all of this. She's arguing this is not the case. Um, I am innocent, and you are trying to basically. Uh, you know, pin everything on me because you weren't able to get to Mr. Uh, Epstein because he uh, passed away. So that's the long and the short of it. They are now in trial. 
And we're going to go through a few interesting things. The most interesting things to me that uh, – uh, well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, one of the uh, witnesses is the actual uh, one that is claiming that uh, was sexually molested at age 14, 15, and 16. Then she's obviously older now. This has happened quite some time ago. Um, they are, are also on the stand was the uh, house manager that managed one of the houses in Florida – and that's interesting. We're going to talk about that and, 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 and give you a few spins on that. And to me, the interesting one is the pilot. You know, what do the pilots see, right? Don't forget, you know, people flying these private jets. Who knows what happens on the jets? I, I don't know. It's actually pro- probably pretty generic. Think nothing really happens. But on their, the allegations are things happen on, on Epstein's jet going to Florida, going to his private island, et cetera, et cetera. Going to New York. And he's the thing about the jet that's so I think that's um, pretty important is that's where he's transporting uh, these minor children um, from one location to another. And that that enhances um, any kind of a crime. More specifically to the island, his private island. Is it out in the Bahamas or out in the, it's somewhere outside of Florida somewhere? Yeah. Is, is it the Virgin Islands, I think? Or uh, Dominican Republic? I'm yeah, trying to could, remember. Could be. I don't remember. You know, the, the thing is, is uh, a lot of the facts that are coming up, a lot of things that come up all relate to things that Mr. Epstein allegedly did to the victims and Epstein transporting him stuff. So the question is, how, how, how is this relevant to Maxwell? Well, there's this thing called conspiracy. And if you're part of the enterprise, if you are part of that, you can be charged not just as a co-conspirator, but as a, as a, as a person that was involved in that as well. Um, actively, you got to be actively involved, right? Or, and, or and you, you do have to be actively involved, but if you go to the opening mm-hmm. statements – the opening statements in this trial, the prosecution laid it out and said, look, we are going to show you this. And, and, the, and, and they anticipate showing and have already presented evidence of what's called grooming behavior, where a, a victim is identified. They're given gifts. It's nice. They bring them into the inner circle. They, they make them feel nice. And it, the whole idea is to slowly – Take the victim from being a person that you just met and to ultimately coerce through being well, nice and gifts. First and, and, earn their trust. Yes, but coerce them yes. into doing the acts that ultimately constitute the offense. And the allegations here are that Maxwell was heavily involved in the selection and grooming process of these victims. Now the inter- go ahead. The interesting- and also involved in some of the sexual yeah, abuse. Yes, there was yes, some allegations was involved that too. with it. Right, and so this is all starting to come out, and, and and the trial has began. Here's some of the fallout from the trial. Again, we're politically neutral, and those of you who are conservative might get mad. So those of you who are liberal might get mad. But this is the facts. The facts are that that Bill Clinton was on was at least 17 times, according to the evidence coming out, was. Um, was met with Epstein either at the White House. He's been on the jet many times. But it's not a political issue. It's not a Democrat-Republican because Trump was on the, the jet. So was a lot of individuals, Kevin Spacey. These are all individuals. So the people – it's very difficult for people to get political on this because everybody across the board in all genres, if you want to call it that, or all areas of political um, – you know. Uh, Areas that they – what's the word? Political – That span the persuasions. political – Persuasions. Yeah. yeah. Or all, we're all there and all in there. Now, yeah. look, I want to state this. 
and, and this is not the lawyer speaking. And I'm not speaking as a lawyer. And as we say, we forgot to give you the uh, – we're not giving you legal advice. We're talking about general topics of law. Seek uh, our counsel and go to our website, radiolawtalk.com, and, and read our disclaimers because uh, don't say, hey, man, this is what they're saying as lawyers. But as Fred Penny, I was saying, just because – okay, this is a very, very well-known individual. And uh, throughout the whole business community, very wealthy man. And uh, hold on, that was the weird thing. I've got this. I've got this. Uh, phone, my phone rings. So I got to turn. Up. But but this is what I've got to say. That's very interesting. It, just because these individuals have done bad things doesn't mean because you hung out with them you are a bad person. I don't know. And again, I'm jumping on all their. I know people say, oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't know if Bill Clinton knew what was going on. I don't know that Trump knew what was going on. I don't know that Spacey knew what was going on. Just because these high-profile people are coming and hanging out at the White House and visiting the White House, how is he to know? Just think of all the people that Trump and, and Clinton and Biden and Bush you know, bring into the White House, shake their hands, business people, business women. What if they – did they do an investigation? Tell me about your morals. Tell me what you've done the past 25, 30 years. You don't know, right? Most of the time you're not. And it's, it's, I think it's very common for high-profile individuals to try to mask the unsavory acts that they do in private like Mr. Ex- Epstein and Maxwell are accused of doing. Um, it, it, they try to mask that by high-profile appearances with folks that – the public would otherwise assume are respectable individuals. They do that as their cloak. And and to a certain extent, they're using the high-profile nature of others to mask Epstein and uh, to mask their own personal behavior. So to impute and automatically assume that anybody that was on the jet – Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, you know other names that were out Trump there. Uh, Trump, Bill Gates knew um, Epstein. Um, who's it's the Sarah. lawyer? Dershowitz knew Epstein. So did uh, um, Prince Glenn. Prince Andrew. Glenn, Glenn uh, Mr. Glenn, Mr. Glenn, the the astronaut. Uh, uh, John, John Glenn. John Glenn. John Glenn. So so to yeah. impute to them to all of those individuals wrongdoing because they knew a person that was actively seeking right. their friendship to cover up their own bad deeds would be inappropriate. Well, here let's talk let's talk specifically about the testimony of the pilot. Now this this jet is a jet that has a bathroom in the back. So the pilots, yes, the, the argument is well, you know, they had the doors closed, they're flying, they don't know what's going on. I'm sure they don't the whole time, but they, the pilot testified that they walked through the cabin quite often to go to the bathroom, to get, you know, to grab a bite to eat, whatever. And they had never seen anything ever inappropriate on that plane. I, you know, could they hide it? Maybe. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but the pilots and even, uh, I don't know what the name, they, they call it, what's her June or, or, uh, whatever her pseudonym is, the individual that's claiming that she was sexually assaulted. He said he doesn't even know if he saw her. He, he met her, but he doesn't remember if she was on the plane. In fact, they found in the manifest the name, her name, her original name on the manifest, but that's the, and they only put the first name, and that's the same first name of his, of Epstein, one of his other assistants. So the pilots testified, I didn't see anything going on, and I don't even know if that girl was ever on the, the plane. So, you just got to let the evidence see what see what happens. And again, we're not sticking up for anyone. Don't get me wrong. We just want you to understand this is kind of interesting. Just because you met Epstein doesn't mean you're automatically, 
guilty um, of what he has done or knew what he was doing. So we're going to be back after this. We're going to continue to talk about this very interesting uh, trial of uh, not just, I think Epstein's kind of on trial here, not Maxwell. We'll be back. And we appreciate your listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite local radio stations and invite you to stay tuned because there's much more Radio Law Talk coming right up right here. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I like the Amargosa Valley. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. We're back to uh, the fourth segment of our number one, talking about Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey Epstein case. And I say that it's a Maxwell case, but... Uh, the defense the whole argument is, no, this is the Jeffrey Epstein case, and you're just trying to find a scapegoat, and the scapegoat is Miss Maxwell. In fact, in their opening argument, they basically uh, – there's a number of objections, but they said, make a long story short, you know, that women are being used as scapegoats for men – what the, the, the things that men do that are improper. And that's what the – what's going on here is she's the scapegoat because Jeffrey Epstein is dead and gone, and they've got to have someone to get vindication from, and they're using Miss Maxwell as that – uh, as that pawn, uh, so to speak, and that's what the defense is arguing. And I think it's a dang good argument, you know, because Epstein's the bad guy, and uh, Miss Maxwell, I'm sure, um, you know, they're going to try to portray her as bad, and I'm not jumping on her side because I don't know because the facts are coming out, but that's that's what defense is going to argue and prosecutions are going to argue, no, she was part and part and part of this, which she may have been. But so far, the testimony, let's talk about some of the testimony that has, that has come forth. Who wants to go next? I can talk about some of it. I don't seem like I'm talking the whole time. What do you guys, do you guys know anything? Let's talk about some of the testimony that have people been up there. Well, I found the, um, the property manager's testimony to be very, very, very interesting. And the words he chose were interesting. Um, he described Maxwell as a pretty girl, a very tall brunette. And she was the girlfriend of Epstein for a period of time. Um, and he called her the lady of the house. Now, that to me is, uh, is, is really saying a lot. And there's some undertones to that that could be misinterpreted perhaps. Um, but he said that not only did Epstein help run the house, but so did uh, Miss Maxwell. And then he – well, Miss Maxwell's a def- uh, defense attorneys did a really good job of trying to discredit him. Um, the defense attorneys had asked him about him um, stealing money, and he stole about $6,900 worth of money from Jeffrey Epstein. And that was an interesting part because how did this property manager handle that? Well, he said it was true, and he said that he turned himself in to the police, and that he paid back every dime. So he was like ready for that. So, you know, the prosecutors must have prepared him for that um, so that he knew how to answer that in a way that would not incriminate him further or make him lose character. 
before the um, jurors or, you know, belief before the jurors. And so that seemed to have been, um, in my opinion, it seemed pretty effective on how to rehabilitate him. It's interesting you, you mentioned that. And I don't know if he was ever reported or if he was ever charged with petty theft or anything like that. Um, but there's an issue that comes up with any witness when they're testifying. If they have prior acts, prior convictions or prior acts that if prosecuted would have turned into convictions, those can only be used and brought forth before the jury if they were for acts that's what constitutes, quote, moral turpitude, close quote. Moral turpitude is an act where the act alone infringes or impinges your ability or gives a jury um, the reason a reason to question the veracity of your claim because you engaged in something that was inherently dishonest. Compare that, for example, let's say this individual, hypothetically, there's no evidence of this, but let's say that he had a prior conviction for DUI, right? Jury would never hear that. Even if it was last week, the jury would never hear that because driving under the influence is not a crime of moral turpitude. It's a crime, but it's not a crime such that inherently affects your ability to tell the truth. It's I drunk and drove. And so there are certain crimes that are like embezzlement, theft, some serious felonies. Those are all crimes of moral turpitude. Theft would be one. And they're able to bring in the act even if he had never been prosecuted for it. They're able to bring that in because stealing – affects your ability to tell the truth, and the jury's entitled to hear that. But you're right. He did seem very appropriately prepared for that. It wasn't caught off guard. Uh, I didn't recall who brought up the theft, if it was brought up on defense or if it was brought up by the prosecution. Because normally a trial tactic is if you have a witness that you've called and you know that there's something that can be brought up that affects their ability to tell the truth, like a theft conviction or a theft act, it's always better if the person who called the witness brings that up than to wait for the other side to bring it up. Because then it, you run the risk of the jury thinking, oh, well, the prosecution was trying to pull a fast one and slide this guy by. If you address that head on, then uh, that you take the sting out of it. Yeah, there's some interesting things that this uh, manager also said uh, that occurred. Number one, he was told by Ms. Maxwell to never look Jeffrey in the eyes. He doesn't like to be looked directly in the eyes and don't don't look at him in the eyes. And, and she also said that uh, make sure the following, um, only speak to Mr. Epstein if you're asked a question. Don't you know, make – don't have any discussions with him without him asking you a question first. It's almost like royalty here. It sounds like not – I mean worse than royalty, like 8, 16, 1700s royalty, right, that they couldn't talk to him. And also he testified that he was told by Miss Maxwell, remember, quote, remember that you see nothing, hear nothing, say nothing except to answer a question directed to you. Respect their privacy. That's people's privacy. Now, now that's interesting because somebody might hear what you just said, Fred, and they might say, well, wait a second. He testified to something Maxwell told him? I thought hearsay is not admissible in court, and that does seem like hearsay. It's something that Maxwell said, and now he is saying what she said, and, and they want the jury to believe that. Well, there's an exception to the hearsay rule. The guy's See, dead. <laughs> well, well, no, it was uh, something no, Maxwell said. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And the exception is 
you can introduce statements of a party opponent. And this is the government versus Maxwell. So she is an opponent in this case. Ergo, anybody that heard statements directly from her can testify to those statements because she's a party opponent and it's not punted by the hearsay rule. Right. And in addition, there's another one, which is party admission. So if uh, Maxwell had said to him, yes, um, I did have a ripping good time with that 14 year old kid, (laughs) then that would be a party admission directly on point for what's going on. And that's also an exception. That wasn't said, but that's what at least that's not. No, that's not said. But but anyway, that you're right. That's an example. A lot of other things he said. This uh, still talking about the manager. He said uh, he had to. He saw black vinyl leather costumes. He'd have to go clean up the massage room. And we're not going to get in details because it's G-rated here, but he would go in there and, and clean things up in there. Uh, he said he saw two females at one time come that looked like, uh, he said, what he thought was minors, minor children. Um, and uh, actually the pilot testified that he never saw what he thought would, would consider minor children on the plane. So you got testimony on both sides. Um but uh, but what's interesting is he he talks about all the interesting people that he saw coming in there. Um, so th- this I think the most damning person was this manager, uh, the the house manager, because um, he he testified he saw these these individuals, these young ladies coming in and out. And I'm not going to testify as I mean I'm not going to say what he testified to you also, but some things he saw in the massage uh, area. See, the thing is here is the more that the prosecution can show the bad acts of Jeffrey Epstein, and and it makes it sound like he's on trial and that Maxwell is a scapegoat. But remember this, the more bad acts they can show on the part of Jeffrey Epstein, it becomes relevant and really difficult for Maxwell when they then are able to introduce evidence that while Epstein was doing all of this, Maxwell was right there with him helping. And that's the theory of their case. So the more heinous they can make the acts of Epstein look, it really is not good for Maxwell if she was there the whole time assisting and grooming and and sort of feeding minors into this cauldron of... But I go ahead. Right. And so grooming is an important word here because what they mean by grooming is like starting to prepare them, get the victims to trust her, uh, getting them in a position where they feel comfortable coming back and forth to Epstein's home because these victims were not there just once or twice. They were there many times. And the The victims themselves, yeah. And the victims themselves have testified, but a lot of their testimony is not being released publicly because they were minor children at the time. Right. So it's it's very interesting. Um, this case is that it also implies a lot of um, uh, backward type of memories. We're going to be back. We're going to talk about Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, we're going to follow this case. So just hang on. Listen to us every week. We're going to be talking about the latest on the Maxwell case. Elizabeth Holmes next. We'll be right back. Fred, Todd, and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk after we take this break. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. I've got to get my car You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com. The new socialism.
More and more Democratic lawmakers want everyone to get a basic income, even if they don't work. Free health care, free college, and more. Now, every night this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax pushing back on the new socialism and its leaders like AOC and Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden's spending programs are already costing you trillions as inflation is soaring. If you care about your money, you need to watch Rob Schmidt tonight. Find out why socialism doesn't really work and how it actually can cost you a lot. Get Newsmax TV on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them and demand Newsmax or you can switch. Also, find Newsmax for free on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Or download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anywhere. More than 30 million Americans are tuning into Newsmax because it's news they can trust.